Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come back bears fans it is another edition of bears nation podcast and we have the whole gang here today all four of us are in the chat today myself jake Hassan, joined by kevin lapka chris nano as usual and josh lyles has made his long awaited return to the program welcome back josh yes it's good to be back (laughs) the masses rejoice (laughs) but it's good to have you back we are going to do the usual uh, we're going to recap that Packers game, give a little preview for the Chiefs game. And then we have a mailbag, a full mailbag for you guys this week. Uh, you sent your questions in, and all four of us will give our thoughts on those. Uh, Kevin was running through them. We have about a handful of them, seven to nine, seven to ten questions to get to. So we'll get to that at the end of the episode. But let's get into it. Let's go linearly, boys. Recap of the Packers game. Bears lose a heartbreaker a game that you had really a chance to win at the end, a game that you were in, you hung around for almost the entire second half. First half was iffy, but still at the end of the day, you had a real chance to win there and you end up losing 10 to three, a game that eliminates you from the playoffs, a game that really ends your season. You have, uh, you really have nothing left uh, to go for except morale and these last two games against the Chiefs and Vikings. But against the Packers, what are some of our key takeaways from this? Kevin, as usual, we'll start with you. That game was a roller coaster of emotions, wasn't it? You know, you know it, it was looking okay in the beginning, and then we went down by 18, and it was looking over, and then they pulled this right back. And quite frankly, that game itself is a microcosm of what the whole season has been. You know, you go down early, it doesn't look good, and then oh, they, they bring you back in, you creep back in, and then you just get let down at the end anyway. So um, a microcosm of the season, really. And we thought the Bears were going to, you know, run the table, have a chance to make the playoffs. It just, just wasn't meant to be. Uh, and now at this point, like, Jake said, you can only learn now from your mistakes and learn from these next two games and play for pride at this point. And we're going to get into the X and O's, but uh, I'm, I'm sure we will have conversations about how Trubisky played and stuff. But for now, you know, it's the end of the Bears season, but that doesn't mean these guys are going to quit in these next two games. It doesn't mean you guys shouldn't be watching the games, but uh, it's unfortunate that the season ended at the hands of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, um, you know, I, I was the last couple days um after obviously the game on sunday i I was just you know just thinking about it and and you know if you really think about it i mean did we really deserve to be in the playoffs um it's just one of those things where we were we were all hoping for it of course but um you know you you think back at the games that that we lost and and games that we 
you know, those games were, were very winnable. So, um, you know, some if you can't win these close games um, and, you know, so the, some of the ways the Bears lost this year um, proved that maybe they're, they weren't as good of a team as, as we, you know, originally thought. And, and that's OK to say. Um, but, you know, there, there's only thing we can do is, is look forward to next year. Um, of course, these last couple games are important. Um, for, we're all going to be watching for sure. But, um, you know, it sucks, uh, especially, you know, losing to the Green Bay Packers. They kind of gave us a taste of, of our own medicine um, that, you know, we, we knocked them out last year. So, um, you know, it sucks. But, um, you know, it's still uh, we still got next year and, and you know, we'll, we'll take it from there. Yeah, you mentioned it. I think uh, the part that sucks is being knocked out by the Packers, you know. Like, cool, it would have been awesome if we got knocked out next week. I mean, not awesome, but better, like, for just for rivalry reasons. But, yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I think I kind of checked out when it comes to expecting to win a couple of weeks ago. Um, like, I, I expected to beat the Cowboys. I expected to beat um, – uh, the Lions. I uh, expected to beat the Giants, but this Packers game like that, I had I had already decided a, a while ago that this was going to be a loss. And I probably sound like a depressed Bears fan that's just whining, but that's just that I, that's just where I was with this team already. Um, but I mean, we'll get into positives and what we're looking looking at for this team for the future. But I think just because you've checked out of a of a win doesn't mean that there's things not, to, I mean, we could still get excited about certain players. And I think we'll get into that a little later, but uh, I did see a lot of positives from this game, even though it was a loss. Cause like I said, I already checked out. I already knew that we were going to lose this game probably uh, two weeks ago, which is sad to say, I, I hate saying that out loud. Um, but like I said, po- there were positives. So. Yeah, there were positives, and we'll get into that. And just a correction on my part, I'm a dummy, and I said the week one score, 10-3, to 3, instead of this week's score, which was 21-13. to 13, So marginally better from the first game. But um, let's talk about Trubisky, obviously the thing that's been the most talked about uh, ever since midpoint of the season, really, uh, all season, really. Uh, 29 for 53, 334 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, uh, one interception being the Hail Mary at the end of the first half. So I don't really count that one. But uh, the, the end of the point here is that Mitch Trubisky, whenever you ask him to throw the ball 53 times, you're not going to win the game. That's just how it's going to be. Mitch Trubisky is not the guy that you can have throwing 53 times. That's that's what we said in week one when he threw, what, 40 times? Something like that. It's just not the quarterback he is. You have to have a more balanced attack. And to their credit, the Bears tried. David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen had 22 carries combined. But that's just not nearly enough. And I get you were down a lot early. But you were only down 7-3 at the half. I, I, I understand that in the third quarter things got ugly. But you still can't ask Mitch Trubisky to throw 53 times. That's just not who he is. That's not how you're going to win a game. Uh, Sure, the receiving stats look nice for a couple of these guys, but at the end of the day, you ended up with a loss. I don't know what your guys' thoughts on that are, but I still stand firm by Mitch Trubisky is fine. He's a solid average to above average quarterback at times uh, and shows flashes of greatness, but he's not going to take you there when you ask him to throw 53 times 
Look, the, right now there's a huge debate on Twitter, Bears Twitter. All they want to talk about is did Mitch Trubisky play well on Sunday? That's the big question going around Twitter right now. And my answer to that is yes. I think Mitch Trubisky played well, and I think he did just about enough to keep that football to keep them in the game and to you know give them a chance to win. And of course, again, you mentioned the two interceptions. The one is a hail mary. The other one's really just a great play by the defensive lineman who had like a two percent chance of catching it after it went off his fingertips. Um, and, and look, you know, after the game and what Mitch Trubisky said in that press conference tells me that this, the whole issue with the whole Matt Nagy, Mitch Trubisky synergy, who's to blame, yada, yada, yada. To me, it, it, it was resu- it was answered. That, that debate was ended after what was said in that press conference. If you guys saw it, Mitch Trubisky, I wouldn't say called Matt Nagy. I wouldn't say he called him out and he's ran him out. No, that's not what he's saying. He's just saying... You know, the offense could have done more things to, you know, uh, do more against a good pass rush against a, a team that was really controlling the line of scrimmage in the front seven of the Packers. He said, you know, I could have gotten out on the run more. We could have designed better things for that. And that didn't happen. And, it, and to me, it, it's as simple as this. In my opinion, it's the fact that Matt Nagy, look, I love him as a head coach. I really do. He doesn't. He doesn't call plays to the strength of his players. That's just the way I see it. And, and it was evident on Sunday when Mitch Trubisky was on the run. He literally made throws that were jaw-dropping. He made throws where I said, did he really just do that? We were talking about Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers-type throws. But it, it's not enough, and it wasn't enough, and it should have been done more. And and to me, you know, that debate is is clear that Matt Nagy clearly is just not calling to the strengths of his players, most importantly in the quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. I mean, we, we've been saying that all year and, and, you know, it, it's just, it's still mind boggling to me because, um, you know, it, it almost seems like Matt Nagy will see something work and then for, for whatever reason, we'll just go away from it. Like, I, I just, I, I, I'm truly just, I, I'm at a loss for words. I, I don't know exactly what it'll take for him to, um, to, you know, just, just get it through his head that, that. Kind of like what Jake said. I mean, he's not going to sit there. He can't sit there and throw 53 passes, out, out, like, just from inside the pocket like that. It's just – it's not who he is. It's not what he's good at. And, you know, I saw this whole debate on Twitter about people saying, oh, well, you know, if, if your quarterback can't sit and throw from uh, inside the pocket, then he's not a good quarterback or whatever. But, I mean, the thing is he he's played well when we've done – when we've played to his, when we've called plays to his strengths, and that's what I don't get. He 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 can be a successful quarterback, um, and you know it's crazy because you know it seems like all the all the people that love Trubisky at the beginning of the year have turned on him, but for me it's been the complete opposite. I I feel like you know I'm starting to realize that you know he he isn't the problem. He I, I truly don't believe he's the problem. Um, I I don't think he'll ever live up to where he was you know where he was drafted, but. I, I, I think there's there are problems deeper than than the quarterback and and you know hopefully they can figure that out. Uh, I have the game running in the background just to, to see if anything pops up. But uh, as as we do the show, and Mitchell Trubisky at two two minutes left in the second quarter, there's a little thing at the bottom that gives you a stat and it says 13 dropbacks, two sacks, 10 pressures, and 13 dropbacks. Um, <laughs> The offensive line is that seems atrocious. Not great. Like he has, yeah, he has no time to do anything anyway. So yes, Trubisky is not Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson right now. Could he develop into something like that? Who knows? I'm not going to start that debate. But uh, I also just watched a play where he threw across his body to Anthony Miller, um, 
and it was it was on stride. It was beautiful. Uh, so yes, he has those splash plays, but he also has plays where I, I saw a highlight earlier earlier today where he threw not across his body, but he opened up his body and threw to Riley Ridley for uh, a first down. It was it was a great pass, but he saw him way too late. Like if he would have hit him in stride, Riley Ridley, Ridley could have taken off and gotten a lot of yards after catch. But because he saw, he doesn't see the field like quarterbacks like Drew Brees do. But Drew Brees has been in the league for how long? Like he's he's had plenty of time to adjust and, and learn these defenses and just be able to see it and then like, oh okay, this is exactly what's going to happen with the defense behind uh, with with the opposing defense because of how they're lined up right now. Like he's literally done it his. <laughs> half his uh, more than half his life he played high school and, and when he was younger too so I, I is Mitchell Trubisky going to be an NFL quarterback 10 years from now I don't I don't know I, I don't want to say I, I don't want to predict that but as of right now I can't put all the blame on Mitchell Trubisky when they at two minutes at, at second quarter two minutes left in the second quarter he has 10 pressures and two sacks already yeah, it's definitely a problem with the offensive line. We've said that before. Uh, Rashad Coward's been serviceable. He's been good. But Bobby Massey has taken his clearly bad at this point. He's just not getting the job done. Charles Leno Jr. has really taken a step back as well. Um, so I think tackle, uh, offensive tackle, is something that the Bears will be definitely addressing uh, in free agency and the draft, both because the offensive line is doing nothing. Even in the running game, David Montgomery averaged two yards per carry in this game against the Packers. And granted, that Packers defensive line is tough, but you still, it's been all season. It wasn't just against the Packers. This offensive line struggles in the run game, they struggle in pass protection. Uh, so you need to address that. That's, I think, to me, is issue number one that you need to be addressing. I don't know if everyone feels the same way, but you have these two second round picks, at least one, if not both need to go to addressing an offensive lineman, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it absolutely have to. I mean, it, again, it's the clear problem. And when you have two early, you know, second-round draft picks, especially with the Raiders, lose a little bit more, you you absolutely have to take one. It's clear. Uh, I don't know what the free agent class looks like, but it, it's obvious that, you know, the whole, you know, the pass protection, again, it wasn't great, but it's been better. But it, it mainly comes from the run game. So you want to find a good run-dominant uh, pa- uh, offensive lineman, in my opinion, because that is clearly – you know, what the what the main, what, uh, you know, kind of the root issue is, right, is the fact that, okay, you can't get the run game going, and then all these other things come about because of that. Um, you know, the Bears are 6-1 and one when Dave Montgomery rushes for 50-plus more yards, and they are 1-6 when Dave Montgomery rushes for less than 50 yards. So that right there should tell you that, you know, not to say that the running game is – you know, the structure of this team, but you have to get some resemblance uh, of, of fluidity and, and motion in the running game in order to have success on offense. So, yes, they have to address the offensive line position. That should be at the top of their needs going into the offseason. That's a beautiful 100%. stat, by the way. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I mean, there, there's no way they, they can't address the position with the way they've looked this year. And honestly, I mean, I, I really don't know. I, I, I'm... I'm just I'm so shocked at how bad the offensive line has been feels like you know it was one of our biggest strengths last year and um seems like everyone just everyone's just taking a step down um one of the guys that I've been looking at is Anthony Costanzo um tackle from the Indianapolis Colts 
Um, you know, it probably requires some big money there. And I know we ha- we already have some big money invested into Leno and Bobby Massey. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But um, I, I think the most logical uh, way to fix this is to, to draft a tackle. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't see how they can't. Yeah, I'm 100% behind what you guys are talking about. We can <laughs> move on to the next topic. I have nothing to say uh, to add to that. Totally agree. Okay, well, then we can – I think those are the biggest issues. Uh, you know, the offensive line and the quarterback play, obviously, the result, which we've talked about already. But we can talk about some of the positives that came out of this game. Uh, there were some throws that Trubisky looked really, really good. Uh, and some of these guys – I mean, the Anthony Miller breakout that has been happening over the last two weeks and really o- over the last four games, but really he's shined in the last two games, over 100 yards receiving – in the last two games, each of the last two games, it's good. I mean, this is a guy we talked about you could maybe dangle as trade bait in the offseason, but now it looks like you need to firmly keep him because he's a guy who could be your wide receiver two and would be a wide receiver one everywhere else. Anthony Miller, I've never been more confident in his status as a rising star. Absolutely. I mean, it's just incredible to see his statistics in like the first eight games to the next or the last five or six. It's really it's day and night. It's unbelievable. Nine receptions, 118 yards and one touchdown against the Green Bay Packers. And finally, you know, you can talk about a really, really threatening duo there with Allen Robinson, who should have been a pro bowler. We'll get to that. Uh, but Anthony Miller as well. I mean, it's just, you know, we're finally seeing what this guy's potential could be. And he's still not at his ceiling. Like, let's not think that, OK, this is the Anthony Miller you're going to get for the rest of his career he still can be better and he still has a lot of places and areas to grow so you're going to start seeing these numbers and this production increase which is you know scary for NFL defenses um but it's good to see on the other hand that look there is a connection now between Mitch Trubisky and Anthony Miller because in the first you know again eight games of the season there was zero connection and the reason why we were dangling him as trade bait or why we said that on this show was because of that connection we said all right you know maybe it's just the fact that Mitch Trubisky and Anthony Miller can't get it going they don't have chemistry and they can't create a connection because we saw that frustration on the field but now you know that's out of the water that's a way it's it's clear that you know through practice through the reps just you know getting to know each other a little bit more Mitchell Trubisky and Anthony Miller have a great connection he trusts him in big time moments which is absolutely crucial and we love to see our second year uh wide receiver second rounder showing out and it's only going to continue from here with the talent that he has you know it, it if it just really frustrates me um you know because we, we we've been talking about Anthony Miller in every in every episode you know we know how good Anthony Miller is and that's why we were we were very frustrated with him you know the, the first eight weeks or, or whatever it was you know it, it's just it's it sucks because so many players you know started playing well towards the end of the year um and you know Anthony Miller I mean it, he's just he he wasn't just playing well he was just he was on a tear and um it's it, it really does suck that it came this late but you know the positive side to it is that you know you can take this into next year and you know n- now you know for sure that that this is your guy or this is you're gonna you're gonna have to roll with him moving forward he's just he's he, he just has too much talent to to you know give up on or trade in my opinion um and you know he, he's been proving it lately so shout out to anthony miller he's been he's been phenomenal i really hope um anthony miller looks at guys like odell beckham and um Antonio Brown and, and sees these really big personalities and, and understands that you could be confident, but 
if you start to pretend like you that you could change a franchise at the wide receiver position, um, you 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 lose <laughs> respect of so many people because uh, it's not it's not all about you. So I I hope Anthony Miller continues to be awesome. I, I, I we've we've like you said we've talked about him on this show. We think he's awesome. We think he's super talented. But if he goes from confident to cocky, I think he could self-destruct really easily he's got that kind of personality which i I, you've seen it on my twitter i i honestly appreciate how passionate he is like one of his celebrations got me so fired up it wasn't it wasn't this week i think it was against the giants but he caught the ball and he like slammed the ground it was like i don't don't even know how to explain it but it it was just like it i don't know when he did that i was like yes let's go like i was Mm -hmm. i was on fire when i saw that and uh i i can get behind passionate i can get behind confident but if he starts in the whole uh i'm better than the entire world uh attitude i don't know that that i just can't stand i don't, I don't that's just a me thing yeah well i actually I, think he's been humbled honestly or i think he kind of switched from cocky too confident like earlier in the year you know something was wrong you know he he was you know you could tell he's being a little bit too cocky he got humbled and now he is confident he's playing quietly you know he's just keeping it to himself and he's playing fantastic football so it's kind of it's kind of like the other way around like he went from cocky to confident yeah i agree with that i agree with that 100 percent yeah that was actually going to be my. That was going to be my point. You took my words right out of my mouth, Kevin. But <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, it shows a lot. I, I think we all noticed that that just switch, that slow, that not slow, but that small marginal shift. But it, it shows a lot, and it has, I think, cemented his place on this team. Uh, keeping with the positives, uh, Allen Robinson was phenomenal as always. Kevin mentioned it should be a Pro Bowler. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard yet. Cordell Patterson, Pro Bowl for special teams, and then on defense, Cleo Mack and Eddie Jackson. Well-deserved. I think that selection for Cleo Mack shows you what we've been saying all this time, that uh, Cleo Mack has been playing well, even if he isn't showing up in the box score. He's still impacting the game, and he's still around. But his battery mate, Akeem Hicks, another positive, was back this week. Uh, Had a couple tackles, had a couple pressures. I think he had two QB hits as well. Um, good to see him back. Had to exit the game a couple times just to get that elbow some rest, but that's perfectly fine. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to him getting limited snaps in the last two games either, just to keep him healthy, keep that elbow ready so that you can try and retool and get back into gear next season. But Akeem Hicks, it was awesome to see him out there again. It's actually unbelievable. The Bears came out today with a, like a top 10 list of the grittiest games by Bears players in their history. And Akeem Hicks against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday already made it onto that list just three, four days after that game. I mean, what, you know, every time he went uh, off the sidelines to the blue tent, I was thinking he's done for the year. I was thinking he's out of this game. There's no way he returns. And then two minutes later, you see 96 back on the field and your jaw is just dropped. And you're like, how, how is he back on the field? And not only is he back on the field, he's producing, he's make he's wreaking havoc on the uh, offensive line. I mean, he's, he's an incredible player. Uh, he's a one-of-a-kind player, uh, a certain Pro Bowler, uh, a guaranteed Pro Bowler if he had um, played the whole year. Cannot say enough about Akeem Hicks and what he means to this team uh, going forwards. And I love what he said 
uh, in his press conference the other day ago, you know, he said, look, you know, it's my duty to play football. It's my duty to play with my teammates. And, and you know, I've never set out before. I'm not going to do that again. So you probably can expect him uh, to play these next few games, honestly, even if it's at a limited point. Uh, this is a guy who just loves his team. He loves Chicago Bears. He loves the city of Chicago and he loves the game of football. Uh, and I, I respect nothing more than that from Hakeem Hicks. Man, I, I wake up every morning. I'm just thankful that Akeem Hicks is on our side, to be honest. He, he's just, he's one of those players that, that he's one of those players that you can't really just, you can't really, um, you know, words don't, don't do it justice. You just got to see how he is. You got to see how much his teammates respect him. Um, you got to see how he's always giving it his all, no matter how banged up or, or you know, how, no matter how, how bad he he's hurting and, and what have you. He's just, He's one of those guys that that's irreplaceable in my opinion. Um, phenomenal talent, phenomenal person. Um, he has an insane motor. He's just, I, I mean, I, I think I speak for all Bears fans. Like I, I'm just so thankful that that he's on our side. I'm still waiting for him to come to Hawaii. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's right. Forever ago, <laughs> forever ago, I put it on Twitter. I, I reached out. I just tagged him just to see what would happen, and he he. Uh, said he like I told him I was like hey if you come out here I'll give you a tour or whatever and he said okay I'll hold you to that and I didn't actually think it would ever actually happen but uh it's it's it is cool how active he is on Twitter like um like he does communicate and hang out with the via social media uh with the fans which is really neat that he does that but uh so on and off the field he's just a fan favorite he's just really cool um but yeah I mean just a beast I, I have a question for you guys though what what are we gonna do uh, with Leonard Floyd? Like, what do you think is gonna happen there? Uh, if I had to make a guess, Leonard Floyd, they will. I, I don't think he will return uh, to Chicago Bears. That's just, you know, you haven't seen enough production for them to say okay we're gonna spend valuable money uh, on Leonard Floyd and again we you know we love every Chicago Bear player you don't want to say anything to negative about him but he just hasn't been uh you know getting enough pressure and, and doing enough you know he has good games uh he has breakout I mean against the Packers really historically in his career he's fantastic uh but other than that you know again he makes flash plays and he, he's good when the quarterback is out of the pocket and he's chasing him down but other than that he he just uh, he just simply does not get enough pressure uh, for someone on that other side. So if you can go out and get somebody to provide, you know, good pressure along with Khalil Mack, you know, that, that that's huge for a team that quite frankly seems in the past few games has been getting control at the line of scrimmage, uh, even with Khalil Mack and, and uh, Eddie Goldman, some of those guys up front. Uh, but having another good outside linebacker, another strong guy who can push through some uh, some really good offensive tackles would be huge. So I, in, in just the way I see it, I don't think they're going to return uh, Leonard Floyd in 2020. I'm 100% with Kevin on this one. I think, you know, I the, the thing is, I don't even think Leonard Floyd is a bad player. And, I mean, I, I honestly believe he's a good player. It's just, you know, there's just too many times where, you know, sometimes you forget he's even playing. And, you know, his good plays are very good. But, you know, he just doesn't do it consistently enough. I, so, I mean, honestly, I think I would be shocked if the, if the Bears did bring him back. Um, and, you know, he's... He's a good player, and and with all due respect, but with all due respect, I just, you know, I I think he's very replaceable. I I truly do believe that. Yeah, the fifth-year option, should the Bears pick it up, is, I believe, $17.5 maybe slightly over that. Uh, Either $17.5 or $17.8, something like that. I might be confusing with baseball's qualifying offer, but 
Uh, well, it's I in think, the 17th. I think this is his fifth year. No, I think it's picked up for it's for next year, and they can pick it up oh, or decline. Okay. Okay. So okay. it'll be Sorry. somewhere in the in the, in the realm of 17 million and 18 million around there. For that amount of money, I don't think it's worth it. Uh, I think if you want to keep him, you work on a extension that's more reasonable, something that pays him maybe like 10 million or even less than that, maybe if he'll take it. But uh, yeah, 17 million is not worth it for Leonard Floyd. You keep waiting for, is he going to break out? We're in year four now of is Leonard Floyd finally going to break out and become the edge rusher that we think he can be. And and it's still waiting. At some point you just have to say, all right, it's not going to happen. It looks like the bears are doing that with Adam Shaheen this, this year too. They're saying, all right, it's not going to happen. Uh, Leonard Floyd has at least flashed and has been able to stay on the field. Um, but if you can work out a cheaper extension for two years, maybe or a year, even uh, then you try it, I think, because, you know, might as well, he's still young and you still drafted him and, you know, it would keep continuity, but I think 17 million is way too much. I think if that's his price, then he's gone. I would assume. So I just, I looked it up and um, they actually have already picked it up. So they've picked up his fifth year option. Um, I believe they can decline it though. Still, I, I believe they can drop it. Okay. Okay. There's cool. a way yeah, that I, they can drop that. What about um, trading? Like, can when when can you trade a player before you're not charged? You know, does anybody know? Well, oh, football uh, isn't like baseball where you can trade salary. So if you trade a player, their entire salary goes with them. Mm-hmm. That was the whole. That was one of the big problems at the end of Jay Cutler's contract. Was gotcha. that it's it's not like a, another sport where you can say, all right, we'll send you this guy and we'll pay 60% of his salary just for you to take him, but just please take him. Like it, in football, <laughs> you trade a player, that whole salary goes with them. I, uh, Brock Osweiler. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, yes. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Uh, I was just curious what, what you guys thought, because like, like Chris said, he's, he's super talented. Um, he's so lengthy. He's, he's a tall guy but i think his biggest problem like he's so fast like if you if you ever watch him on the line that when he he gets off the line it's 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 a fun thing to watch but um as soon as the the offensive line gets their hands on him he's he's done he has no strength um but yeah so that's that's just where i stand uh, on him as a player but i i I think i agree with you guys like he He's a first-round pick, so you kind of want to see what he can do in his last, his last, uh, last shot. Fifth, yeah, his last shot. But and I'm sure that's where Pace. Honestly, I think that's where Pace will go with it, just because he wants to keep his job. Because if he fails with Floyd and he fails with Trubisky, like his job is going to be on the line. Because these are well, first-round picks. At least that's my opinion. Like if if and and also I'm saying the word if meaning. Trubisky could still have his – I don't know. I, I, I think Pace has done a really good job in the free agency – or has done – has nailed it with some of those free agent picks. I think he's done really uh, good in the later rounds in the draft. But I, I think those first-round picks are, real, are really important to uh, franchises, I think. I mean, I mean, like I said, I could be wrong. I'm just kind of talking at this point. Well, the verdict isn't out on Trubisky. You know, that that's going to take next year. Next year, you can make your final decision on what, again, you know, getting going going to number two to get him uh, is a different story. But the fact of him being uh, a viable quarterback, that, that – and the pick itself, 
overall, if you want to grade that, that can I think you can make a final decision on that next year. But when it comes to Leonard Floyd, I mean, it, to me, it's just it, we, we, we've been given him all in the offseason. We say, OK, this is going to be the breakout season for Leonard Floyd. He's been in the gym. You know, he's done all the right things, uh, you know, body wise to to get himself to be stronger. And even with all that, he's still he's, he's still just not there. So that to me tells me it, it, we've given him enough chances. And and sometimes you kind of need a, fre- a breath of fresh air. And I, I don't think Aaron Lynch will return either. Uh, I think he's a guy who just has been completely unproductive at his position throughout the year. So, you know, just bringing a new guy, maybe even if you cut him or, or or, or, and you get a little bit more money into that salary cap, maybe you can go and even get a bigger guy like Wins, uh, Whitney Merciless from the Texans. He's a big-time player. Uh, and Shut if up. you want to make a move oh, – oh, is he? I didn't know that. Um, good for him. <laughs> yeah, alum of the fighting line. Hell yeah. Oh, there you go. Wow, the only one. Um, yeah. Whoa, whoa. Uh, <laughs> I had to get you with that. No, I mean, uh, I, I think they just need to go a different direction with it. We've given enough chances, and I think someone else uh, to the other side. I mean, look, he's he, he gets single blocked. I mean, he, come on, he's getting single blocked every time, isn't he? I mean, Khalil Max drawing two to three guys. That's got to mean uh, one guy on the other side, and he's just not getting through it. it you know, it's okay. Uh, but it, I think it, I think we're all okay uh, if the Paris move on yeah i think yeah, we are. i mean um, it, but guys that should speaking of all this contract stuff haha clinton Dix needs an extension yep yep absolutely I think uh, that I, has I to think, be the first order of business yeah 100 percent. you don't you do not let uh, clinton Dix walk um i don't even think i need to speak on this uh, i i just him and eddie jackson enjoy playing together i think um playing with eddie jackson has brought out the best in haha clinton Dix. Um, and you know, all the weaknesses that people were scared about myself included, um, you know, he's kind of shut everyone up. So I think you hundred percent got to bring him back. Well, there you have it. The Chris Nano verdict, just what we've all been waiting for. That, that's um, the answer right there. I mean, Chris Nano said it, you know, you got a stamp of approval right there. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> no, but let's move into our preview. We'll keep it short for the chiefs game. I think. I think we're all expecting pretty much the same thing from this game, having Patrick Mahomes go up against a Bears team that doesn't have much to play for anymore other than morale like we've talked about. I mean, are we all expecting a loss? I'm not. Yep. I mean, no. Are you expecting a loss? No. Like, yes. okay. Okay. I'm not expecting a loss. But I'm not, yes. What I'm not expecting. Okay. Let me, let me rephrase. What I'm not expecting is for the Bears to go out there and lay down to die for this Chiefs team. That That's not what's going to happen. I mean, if we know anything about the players that have been brought into Chicago, if we know anything even about Mitchell Trubisky, it's that they're going to fight. I mean, uh, Keem Hicks said it. Allen Robinson said it. These guys are going to fight. And it, this is going to be another cold weather football game in Chicago. I'm not going to say they're going to win but you're not um, they're not going to get blown up by 50 they're not going to go out there and let them carve through the defense they're not going to go out there and just let them get you know feast on that offensive line it may happen but they're not going to try to do that they're not going to lay down to die they're going to play their they're going to try to play their best football they're going to play hard and coach Nagy's hopefully going to get them prepared and motivated for that game that's that's just the way I see it and I wouldn't want them to not do that if they don't do that then I see that as a bigger issue because you you know say what you want about wrestling stars and say what you want about uh you know guys who should Okay, last two games doesn't matter, you know, sit them out. That you know, you, you gotta have pride. The Bears still have a chance to produce a winning season. They haven't had back-to-back win- winning seasons since the 1990s. So that in itself should tell you that you know you can still have two wins against above 500 teams. That could tell you something going into 2020, get a little bit of momentum going into the off season. Uh, you know, so it's still significant to me. We can do our predictions later, but they are not going to lay down and die for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but bottom line for me is they're a better team. Um, they have a better quarterback. They are playing for more. And, um, you know, I, I definitely agree with the fact that, you know, these Bears players are still going to be playing hard. But, um, you know, it just boils down to the Chiefs are playing for a lot more. So, I mean, they, they're going to have, have that little bit of an edge. Um, so even if it is a close game, I, I mean, it, it's it's hard to to you know, say that the Bears are going to win this game. It's just, it's damn near impossible for me. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't think anybody is going to make the argument that they're just going to give up. Like, I think, yeah, they're going to play with everything they got because there's guys playing for jobs, you know? Like, we just talked about one of them, Leonard Floyd. Like, if we, <clears throat> he, has, he has a contract on the line. Like, people are playing um, and they're going to give it their all. I just, like Chris said, I just don't think we're the better team. And if they win, I think I'll be even more pissed. <laughs> like, like, come on, are you kidding me? Like, you could have done this the entire year. I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I personally don't think it's going to be a win. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to make the argument that they'll roll over and die. But to Chris's point, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is still a freak of nature. He's still a guy that can beat you all on his own. LaShawn McCoy has been playing like a man who it. Definitely still belongs in the NFL ever since he got back, ever since he got to the Kansas City. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, there's still all that. I, I think this Bears team will put up a fight. I think, you know, I, I think just the competitive nature of guys like Allen Robinson and Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks isn't going to allow them to just get walked all over. But I can't say wholeheartedly that I expect this game to be a win. I, I can't. I know the Bears will do their best to win, and I know that they're going to give it their all, but I still. All that being said, I don't have any expectation that this game will turn out positively uh, for the Bears. I, I get your points, though, Kevin. You you make very valid points, and that's true. But yeah. I, I think my one silver lining, one thing that I would like to see out of this game is I would like Mitch Trubisky to step up. And I, I could totally see him stepping up, and I would like to see it. I'm trying to speak it into existence of him just stepping up, being like, hey, this is a guy that people just keep comparing me to. Uh, as unfair or fair, whatever is that might be, they're comparing me to him. He's won an MVP already. I got to step up. I got to prove that I have the chops to compete with this guy. I think I think that's something that could happen. That's something I would love to happen. Uh, what are the odds? What do you, what do you guys put uh, is the odds of that happening? Well, I don't think it's crazy that Mitchell Trubisky could play just as well uh, as Patrick Holmes. The, the Kansas City defense has been playing well as of late, but they're not anything too scary. And, you know, Mitchell Trubisky's confidence, despite the loss at Green Bay, is still at an all-time high. Will he outplay Patrick Holmes? I don't know. If that happened, uh, you know, I think it would set the world on fire and it would quiet a lot of people if that happened. Um, but, I, again, you know, you want to talk about motivation. You want to talk about people playing for something. I mean, this is the ultimate. You know, the guy who got drafted beh- uh, behind you, and he's already motivated himself, Padgham Holmes, because he saw Mitch Trubisky get drafted ahead of him, and, you know, he did his thing. He's been to the AC Championship. He's won the MVP. But Mitch now, you know, he's kind of been behind a little bit. But this is his chance to go out and say, okay, head-to-head, you know, this is me versus you in this game on Sunday Night Football. Who's going to be the better player uh, on December 22nd at 8.20 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, 7.20 p.m. Central Time for those who want to know the time of the game. Uh, and I think Richard Trubisky is going to be motivated. He's going to go out there. He's going to play his game. And from what he has showed me in the past four, five games, I'm going to keep saying this, but the progression has been incredible. And right now, you know, I'm, I'm not – 
you know, outrageous. It wouldn't be even outrageous for me to say Mitchell Trubisky could throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns against this team. It's not outrageous. It's in the realm of possibility, uh, you know, for this guy. And he's going to be motivated. He's going to be ready to go uh, to prove everybody wrong, especially on prime time with everybody watching. Yeah, so, I mean, my thing is this. Like like I said earlier, I don't believe, you know, the the this season falls on Mitch Trubisky. I, I, he definitely could have played better, uh, especially earlier in the year. But, you know, my thing is he, he could definitely, you know, out, I don't want to say outperform Mahomes, but he could definitely have a, have a great game of his own. Um, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not into moral victories. I, my, my biggest thing has always been that moral victories are pretty irrelevant. If your team doesn't win, I mean, moral victories really don't mean Jack, but um, you know, this, this, it would be a, a nice little moral victory if, if Mitch came out and, you know, maybe even outperformed Patrick Mahomes. Who knows? Josh? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I had the Bears game out of the background. I, was, <laughs> I got a little distracted. Yeah. But, um, I, I was watching this Lazaro catch and run where haha clinton Dix oh, just bizarre. flat out yeah that was bad. straight up just missed him that was crazy anyway sorry uh patch mahomes uh chiefs i don't know i i'm mitch gonna... or mitch could mitch outplay mahomes that's really the question at or hand here. not really outplay but even just play up to the competition i can't see it honestly i like i said i i've kind of counted myself out on this seat on this season for the like when it comes to winning. Um. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I think what these next two games are going to be are who who I, I've already started the offseason. So these guys are going to be it's going to be like like a preseason game. Like, who do we have? And I don't I could like I said, I could be completely like, what are, what are the Bears play for? If not for a draft position now, you know, like a higher second round pick. I This honestly, I'm really sorry if I just sound like I'm whining. Strength so of schedule. For yeah. Next year. That's true, too. Sorry. So. Yeah, so have that's the, where have I... the South next year. It was announced <clears throat> the the non uh, the non divisional games are against the South. So hey. that's okay. So, yeah. so that's Falcons, Bucks, Colts, Titans, Texans, yeah. unfortunately. But that'll be interesting to watch. Um, but yeah, I, I think so. Let's do our score predictions. Uh, let's see. The Chiefs are favored. By research and development team is on it right now. Uh, Sunday night game at Soldier Field. Bears against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are favored by only six. That's surprising. Doesn't surprise me too much. I thought it. I thought it'd be closer to ten. Only six. I mean, only a touchdown. I mean, this is the. Chiefs, this is a high-powered offense. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it. Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, McCoy. These guys are good. This is a good offense. I know the Bears have a good defense, but, I mean, I don't think uh, two scores isn't outside of the realm of possibility for a spread. Uh, six surprises me, but, I, I mean, I think the Bears 
covering that's going to be tough. That's a, that's a small spread. Um, I think the bears lose this game. I do still think they lose. Uh, You know what? Screw it. I'll say that they cover. I say that the bears uh, lose this game. 28-24. Yeah, I was going to go right next. I was going to go 27-24. Like, if you look at these games, the Chiefs aren't blowing. Okay, they blew out the Raiders 49. But, you know, they lost to the Tech Titans 35-32. to They beat the Chargers 24-17. to They beat the Patriots 23-16. to And then last week, they beat the Broncos 23-3. to I know Patrick Mahomes is the Messiah. I know Tyreek Hill is an unbelievable receiver. But this Chiefs team right now, with the exception of that Raiders game, is not producing 500-yard offensive games. And Patrick Mahomes isn't throwing for five 400 yards in all of these games like you expect him to. Um, and for whatever reason that is, that's just not what's been happening in these past games. And even, you know, uh, throughout the year, uh, a lot of these games um, and all Although Mahomes was injured for about you know three to four games, that's just been the case. And you know I don't expect him to come into Soldier Field. Although again, although the Bears are out of it and yada yada yada, the fans are still going to be there. Soldier Field is still a tough place to play. Teams do not blow out the Bears at Soldier Field, with exception of the Saints. That was a bad game. But. Other than that, I mean, late in December and this kind of atmosphere, it just doesn't happen. It, it rarely happens, especially with a team that still has talent, a team that's still going to go out there and play. So, you know, it, again, everyone's going to hit on me for, for saying the Bears uh, would win. So I'm, I'm just not going to do it because I, I would get too much slander. So I'll say they lose 27 uh, to 24, but it's going to be a competitive football game. I do not think by any chance it will be a blowout because the Chiefs are going to think the Bears are going to be down and out. They think the Bears are just going to lay down and die for them. That's not going to be the case. Uh, it's the whole Matt Nagy and Reed thing. That storyline has kind of diminished because of the presence of the Bears. Um, but I'm go. I'll go with the Chiefs winning 27-24. Yep, um, I'm gonna go 24-17 Chiefs. Um, you know, I I do think the Bears will be competitive in this game. Um, I think I just think you know the the talent that the Chiefs have on offense just gonna ultimately be slightly too much. Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh, Bears with 20, Chiefs with 28. Um, I think one of the things that the Bears really struggle with uh, is the deep, the deep ball. They just get beat on those really deep passes, and that's what Patrick Mahomes is known for. So I, I think that's going to be something they struggle with the whole entire game. Yeah, this is going to be because honestly, if this is a close game, I might be even more pissed. <laughs> like, Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Just because, like, if you can play up against teams like the Chiefs, like what happened earlier in the season, what happened against the Packers, like, it's just, I might be even more aggravated if the Bears keep this like a, a within a field goal. Like, you know, I, I might almost prefer a blowout, to be honest. I know that's a weird thing to say, but a close game is just gonna make me angrier. Well, look, going into next year, you're going to look back at the 2019 season. You're going to see all these games. And going into 2020, you're going to have some momentum and some ammo if you can say, look, the Bears did beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They did beat uh, the Dallas Cowboys. They did beat the Minnesota Vikings. And maybe if they beat them again two times, uh, if they beat them uh, late in December. But you you can still say, okay, this team has the ability to beat teams like the Chiefs. This team has the talent, and they have it there. They just weren't hitting it. Something was wrong in the four weeks, and it's okay. Sometimes that happens in sports. You 
go through a rough stretch. Sometimes it ruins your seasons. Maybe this year it just wasn't meant to be. But if they beat the Chiefs or if they're even competitive and, and lose by a field goal or something, that's just assurance that the Bears and this roster, which really isn't going to have that much turnover with the exception of a few positions into 2020, can compete with the better teams in the league. So for me, it, I don't see it like, oh, where was this? Well, you know, we know what happened this season. We know where it all went lost and we know most of the reasons for that. So I wouldn't be upset, but it does give you assurance and it does give you a reason to say, okay, look, the Bears still have a chance in 2020. This roster still can compete with these teams. If Mitch Trubisky plays well, that will only add to his resume and what he's been doing in these past six weeks and for him to do it against better teams. So I want to see the Bears go out there and win. I want to see them go out there and play hard. And if they do win, that tells me a lot. And it tell, and I will be more happy than upset because, of course, anytime your team wins, that's huge. Plus, you have a chance to complete a winning season. Playoffs or not, you have a chance to complete a winning season. And I think people need to find that important. A difference between 7-9 and nine and 9-7 nine and seven is drastic. I don't care about draft picks. I don't care about where you are in the draft positioning. To me, having a winning locker room, having a winning presence in Hallis Hall and with those players is more significant to me than any draft pick will be and any draft position will be. Well, would you would, would anyone you like to offer a response? Yeah, yeah. Would you rather be a Cowboys team that has all the weapons in the world, all the potential in the world? I mean, you got guys like Ezekiel Elliott. Actually, I feel like I'm just going to describe our team. Never mind. Uh, yeah, we, that, gonna... that, that's us. But at the same time, I, I just feel like when I watch a Cowboys game, I feel like I have more hope for their offense than I do for our offense. Like, no matter what our record says, I, I honestly don't even know if the way that our offense has played that we are seven and seven and seventeen. I don't, I don't know. I, do you guys feel the same way? Like, do you when you watch our team on TV, do you see a team that that should even have seven wins? Um, you know, I I do, uh, I definitely do. Um, you know, I, I think everything is just about consistency. I, I know, you know, me, Kevin and Jake have pretty much nailed this point. You know, we've just overdone it, I feel like at this point. But, you know, we, we I still feel like this is a talented team. And, and I think that's why everyone, you know, everyone's frustrated. I think that's why there's been so many overreactions. I'll oh, get rid of this guy, get rid of that guy. It's because, you know, we know what what this team is capable of. And, you know, they, they just simply didn't do it this year. Um you know, there were, all of our losses were, were extremely close, except, you know, maybe just that Saints game. But, um, you know, I, I do think this this team is, is you know, capable of, of even being a playoff team. But at the end of the day, if you don't win the games, you're supposed to. I mean, you know, what, what else can you say? So I get both arguments to it. I, I But, I you know, I do think it's still a talented team. I, I, that's that's the whole thing with me. Well, the 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 reason it's so close though is because of the defense. So when I when I watch this offense, like <laughs> I I've seen so many dropped interceptions by um, opposing defenses and missed opportunities on their part. Like it's not even it's not even funny or like missed throws by Mitch. I don't know. I I could just go on a rant about how you guys know where I stand. Alrighty, so I don't, I don't, I don't think I need to keep going, but I just don't know if that's what I don't think I see a seven and seventeen when I look at our offense. Our defense is great. Let me back up a little bit. Our defense, yes, a playoff team. Like if that's all we're gonna look at, but this offense doesn't get me excited at all. Like I can watch a Cowboys game, 
whoa, did you see that pass? Ah, oh, that was great. Oh, touchdown, 21 points, 28 points on the board. Like, if, if Trubisky put up 21 points, when he puts up 21 points, we're all blown away because we never see it. Well, let's just take a moment to realize that the Cowboys really have three, four, or five superstars on that offense. I mean, Amari Cooper's a superstar. Dak Prescott was a Pro Bowl snub. He's a superstar. Or he's at least been playing that way this year. Ezekiel Elliott is a top running back in the league, and they have a very well-constructed offensive line. So it's hard to compare them to the Dallas Cowboys. But I think we've seen, you know, again, it's kind of an anomaly. But these last five games, and that's what's most important, is that this offense has been, you know, watchable in these last five games and quite frankly at times they've been exciting I mean they've made plays and there have been flashes where it's like okay this you know this is an offense that I can get by this is an offense where I wouldn't be surprised if they put put up 30 uh points like they did against the Dallas Cowboys I can I you know in I think they need a few more weapons, right? Because look, the, the, you want, if you want to keep comparing them to the Cowboys, they got Blake Jarwin, they got Jason Witten. The Bears simply have nobody at tight end. Uh, they got a guy in Jesper Horstead, who, is, as much as we wanted to praise him, quite frankly, should have pitched the ball to Allen Robinson, and maybe the Bears would still be fighting for their life against the Kansas City Chiefs. Just, uh, uh, that play uh, in itself is aggravating. But no, this offense, I think, has you know, I mean, we came into the season saying this offense had the ability to. to uh, carry a team that was possibly going to be 13 and three and one of the top teams in the NFL, right? So you know, just because they haven't played to that level doesn't mean that I still think they can be that kind of offense. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I see both sides. Uh, I'm still leaning on my depressing side. So. <laughs> Well, that's why Kevin's the eternal optimist and gets everyone else fired up for this. I mean, you're right. This offense is watchable. This offense has guys that you want to believe in, but it's just so frustrating. It's to our point of a lot of things that we've talked about. Why did it take so long? I think is the most frustrating part. And you have to just hope that you can put together these this momentum and carry that into next season. And you can look at this past season objectively and say, okay, what went wrong? What went right, and what can we use next year to use these building blocks? Because last season, your playoff season was supposed to be that building block, that season where you took all these things that worked and then build on those, and that just hasn't happened really. Some things have, some things haven't, but you have to get back to basics and find out what works uh, if you want to get back to the playoffs next year. Uh, and I think the way that this offense has been playing the last few weeks is why there is a chance that you beat the chiefs and why, you know, that spread is only six and why we all have this prediction as yeah, the bears have a chance in this game, but you still just have to, you have to know what this team is still. Uh, I think they're better than Dallas Cowboys. They proved that in the game that they played head to head against each other. And I I think that was a good measuring stick, but uh, this isn't a team that is going to beat the top competitors yet. Uh, it was last year, but you still have to take some steps forward and figure out what you can use next season. So uh, still a lot to evaluate, though, and uh, still a lot to consider for what your picture looks like as far as this team goes for next season. Yeah, I have a question <clears throat> for you guys, and, and I'll ask Chris because Chris hasn't talked in a while. He's a little quiet over there, um, but we'll get to everybody. <laughs> what, what, if, what if this season was necessary? What if this season and, and, and the way it ended was more of a building block than last season? What if they need to be humbled and they needed to face adversity in order to grow? I mean, it, it, it quite possibly, look, this is the second year of Matt Nagy. All things were great. Things We were riding high in his first year, but they really never faced any adversity. They really never faced any bad times, so they didn't 
know how to learn from their mistakes. They didn't know what it felt like to be in those bad times. So this year, once they hit that point, they didn't know how to get out of it. But now they have learned, and quite frankly, they have been extremely resilient. To even come back the way they have, to get to to where they were, uh, to even where they are at 7-7 has been incredible, and the resilience that they've showed. So, you know, I just ask you guys, what if this year it actually could turn out to be a beneficial uh, sense in the fact that, look, they just need to face adversity, they need to be humbled, and they need to learn what it feels like to fail and to build on that going forward since this is a very young roster. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. You know, you, you can make that argument that last season was almost like that honeymoon phase. You know, Nagy's first year, you know, everybody's, you know, riding yes. the hype and, and you know, everything's going well. But, you know, I completely get your point. That, that That's a great point. It's just it's one of those things where, OK, now you got slapped in the face and now you got to see how you how you're going to react to it. And, and that's just, you know, that that's the bottom line of this whole thing. And, and you know, I think next year is going to tell us exactly what we need to know. Uh, about this about this team as a whole a recalibration yeah is, is what exactly. you're saying exactly uh, speaking of questions i think we've got a, a few to answer uh kevin if you want to go off yeah, that the, list the mailbag yeah yeah all right let's get into it folks it's the bears nation podcast the mailbag let's do it uh let's we'll go. start with max henley uh he asks the biggest need this offseason, O-line, tight end, defense. What are your guys' thoughts? What is the biggest need going into 2020? Uh, offensive line, um, my explanation is watch the tape and it'll speak for itself. Or just rewind this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're all going O-line with that? Yep. Uh, uh, I... It's O-line by a hair for me. Tight end. I mean, we've seen yes, yes. what this offense can be when you have a competent tight end that can actually impact the game. I, I think, yep. I mean, really, it's 1A, 1B, offensive line and tight end for me. Let me just say, Eric Ebron, former UNC alum, uh, took a picture with Mitchell Trubisky at the Pro Bowl last year saying, you know, what if we played on the same team together? He's been an IR with the Colts. He's a free agent. I think Eric Ebron could be a potential uh, player for that tight end. Let's move on to YDB34. He asks, will the Bears be drafting a QB or pursuing Bridgewater or Newton this offseason? We kind of asked this question, but it is a question that will – we answered this question last week, but it is a question that will not go away. Uh, where do we stand after that Green Bay Packers game? Of course, beating your rivals is essential to being a franchise quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Didn't happen, but where do we stand uh, with Mitchell Trubisky going forward and with the quarterback room going forward? I am going to say Mitch Trubisky comes back. Uh, a QB is drafted maybe in the mid-rounds. Um, and they also bring in a vet. I think there's going to be QB competition. Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't even count on a quarterback being taken in the draft. Um, I'm going to beat that bull and say that I think yeah. I think it's going to be a free agent pickup, and I think it's going to be a cheap guy too. I think a lot of Bears fans are going to be disappointed this off season. Uh, but I do I do think we're going to pick up somebody in the uh, free agency pool. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be one of those big guys uh, that they're hoping yep. for. Because I think, honestly, I think it would be a waste of money. Um, not that those guys aren't good, but they're nothing which Trubisky couldn't be, if that makes sense. So Trubisky will be back. That's a 100% yes. guarantee. That's yeah. going to happen. Uh, they're going to give him another shot. They have to, but they also want to. Uh, that's going to happen. I'm getting less sure about the bears drafting a quarterback just because 
the mid-round quarterbacks don't impress me as much um, anymore. I know I was on the Jake Fromm train, and I do think he still has potential, but his last few weeks of the college season didn't really inspire a lot of confidence for me. Um, and there are some other guys that are interesting, and I'm sure we'll break them down at some point. But I, I think that there will be a QB competition, though, in training camp. Yeah. I think Cam Newton is still an option. Um, but a guy that we touched on very, very, very lightly a couple weeks ago, um, but we really didn't get into it as much, Alex Smith. I think that's a real yes. possibility. I think this is a guy who it seems like all signs point to him wanting to come back to football and give it another shot and want to go out on his own terms. Uh, I think athletes are just wired that way. I'm not surprised by that. But I think that's something we we should keep an eye out for. He knows Nagy. He knows the offense. Uh, he'll be able to pick it up, and he has something to prove. So I think that's someone to look out for. And I think someone like Andy Dalton or Marcus Mariota just as a, as a flyer, as a cheap flyer to bring into camp for the battle. Uh, don't count them out either because, you know, look at what happened to Ryan Tannehill in uh, Tennessee. He found the right system, and now he's thriving. He looks mm-hmm. like a franchise quarterback again. Yeah. There's no reason that that can't happen to someone like Marcus Mariota. So uh, I think keep an eye out for that. There will definitely be a quarterback battle, and it will mostly be veterans. I don't think I think the Bears have other issues uh, as far as depth in the defense and starters on the offensive line and tight end that they'll have to address. I think yeah. the key word that you used, Jake, was cheap. I think that yes. we should be looking towards that. But go ahead. No, well, to me, that's why Cam Newton is off the table, because that's a guy who is not cheap. And if you're bringing Cam Newton, you're making the statement that he's basically going to be the starter. You don't bring Cam Newton as a backup. Yeah, that's not yeah. what you do. Yeah. And at this point, we've come consensus that Mitch Trubisky will be the quarterback in 2020. So that tells me that Newton is off the table. Yep. Granted, I'm not saying I think Mitch Trubisky is going to be the starting quarterback in 2020 because of his what he's shown like I think he's going to be the starting quarterback for 2020 because pace needs him to be good <laughs> and, I mean yeah uh, that's part of it um, Josh Josh I have a question are you all the way out on Trubisky yeah like, I, I, it's been a little bit since you've been on on the program uh I, I just need to, so are you all the way out like you think that the Bears need to move on from Trubisky at the first sign of being able to no so the Redskins game I don't know if you remember my argument uh, on why why we won that game. Um, I think we won that game, or one of the reasons why we won that game is because they suck, but the other reason that we won the game is because uh, they used Trubisky. They, they played to his talents. And like we said earlier in the show, we can't have him throw in 50-plus times a game, which means we need to take control early, blah, 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 which we did all last season. I think I'm not out on Trubisky being the kind of quarterback we need him to be. I'm out on Trubisky being a franchise elite. Like, if that's what we want, if that's what we need as a franchise, if we need a Patrick Mahomes or if we need an Aaron Rodgers, like, teams have won Super Bowls without guys like that. Uh, I'm not out on Trubisky. I'm just, could I know he's not elite. And I, I think I've decided that. Uh, I know there's guys who will argue against that, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'll, I'll listen to you, but... I don't think he's special <laughs> in that that's way. In no, that way. That, that's fair. I, I think I think that's completely fair. Okay. I just wanted to clarify that um, because we have talked about Mitch Trubisky extensively. Um, all right, Kevin, next question. All right, next question we've got from at iTone23. He asks, what role will Riley Ridley have next year and how will he work with the receiver room we have? 
Chris, I guess we'll start with you. You're the Riley Ridley man. Yep. So, you know, look, I, I don't have I don't have any hopes for Nagy playing these guys. I mean, he, he's done it with Javon Wims and, you know, I'm not expecting him to to just throw Riley Ridley into the fire like that, because even though I, I would love for that to happen, don't get me wrong. I just, you know, with the way he's gone about the player development and, and reps and whatnot, I, I just I just can't see Riley Ridley getting, you know, just thrown into the fire. I think he'll play more than he did this year for sure. Um, but, you know, I'm not expecting him to to get, you know, an, an insane amount of targets or anything like that. Uh, where to go with this? I do think that the Bears move on from Taylor Gabriel this season. Mm-hmm. I think that writing is on the wall. I think Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller have cemented themselves as the top dogs in that receiver's room. Without Taylor Gabriel, number three is really up for grabs. Javon Wims has flashed, but now he's hurt. Riley Ridley has shown a little bit in his very, very limited time. So I think Riley Ridley has a shot here. I think next year, I think Javon Wims is going to open as the number three, as he should. He showed really nice talents and some things that you could really use uh, in your offense. Um, I think Riley Ridley can be the fourth. I think he's probably penciled, assuming that the Bears do move on from Taylor Gabriel, which I think is 80% likely to happen. Um, I think Riley Ridley would be penciled in as the number four receiver, and what he does with it from there is on him, but I think he has all the talents and getting into the games this early, I mean, in, in his rookie season, and he was a fourth rounder. Let's remember that. That, does, that doesn't mean nothing. So I, I think he'll have a role as long as he has a strong training camp, strong OTA, strong summer. Let's put it that way. Uh, I think Riley Ridley can be a fourth receiver with a role interchangeable with Javon Wims. Josh, you got anything? Uh, actually, no, I don't have anything. I think he's, I agree with what you guys are saying. Yeah. Kevin, I, what, what you got? Well, what I think might happen is, you know, talking about the wide receiver room in general, I think the, if the bears do move on from Taylor Gabriel, then I think they're going to go out and get another guy who can blow the top yep. off of the defense, because that's what you, yep. I mean, that that's what this offense is really built on. Right. Um, so if that happens, then we'll see who they bring in. Uh, and maybe that guy will be the wide receiver thing, but nonetheless, Ridley still should have an opportunity. Yeah, real quick, I, I was going to say that sort of in response to Jake. I think if Taylor Gabriel goes, which I think he will, they're, I, I, I find it hard to believe they won't bring in another guy. I, mm-hmm. I truly I, – I'd be, I'd be shocked. Well, sure, but we're assuming that the Bears aren't going to spend a ton of money on the on whoever yeah. they bring in. Yeah. So, I mean, we're looking at like a Dontrell Eanman type of player. So yeah, or, uh, <laughs> or what's-his-face, uh, Benny Fowler type of player, a guy yeah. who you're not committing a ton of money to, who Ridley, as a fourth-round pick, could easily overtake in my eyes. Yeah, fair enough. That's fair. Fair enough. I actually have heard people saying Andy Dalton – or not Andy Dalton. Uh, I'm, uh, A.J. Green, uh, rather. Andy Dalton is making the Andy switch Dalton to ra- making wide, the receiver, switch wide folks. receiver, He's got speed. <laughs> he's been working hard in the offseason. He's ready to go. All right, let's move on. We've got from uh, Ja Ja L. 33. I don't even know. Uh, Haha had his. He he says Ha Clinton Dix had his worst game in a Bears jersey, but he says he still thinks we have to resign him. We kind of went over this, uh, but he says if there are not any other strong safeties in this year's draft or free agency, uh, should we should go after? Should we resign Haha? A definitive answer. It's a yes or no answer here. Are we resigning Ha Clinton Dix? Yes. yes. Have to. Have to. Yes. Well. We're all in agreement, right? Um. Just just to add. Oh. Add. Oh. 
controversy or just to add another name, um, what do you guys say of Carl Joseph? Yeah, Carl Joseph has talent, but I think I think the main thing that you see is look. The, the, and we talk about money, right? Hawkland Dix is going to take a pay cut. I think that's a given. I mean, he wants to play with uh w- with Eddie Jackson. He I think he likes what's being built in Chicago, and I think he wants to be a part of that. So I, I think if you want to talk from a money standpoint, he's not going to be asking for maybe the money that he's worth, uh, which I think would be huge considering the Bears' current salary cap situation. Yeah, I'm. I'm- I'm 100% keeping Kaha over signing Carl Joseph. Okay, I was just curious. Where are you guys? Yep. Yeah, yep. It, it's relevant to bring those guys' names up in the event 100%. that he wants to go another place. So. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he will, though. I, think I don't think he will. He I don't think he will. And right, has this right. Right. I, I would I would agree. All right. This is this is kind of a fun one. We've got from at bearing the downs. His name is the club of a dub uh, with a little bear emoji. He asks, in your opinion, the biggest <laughs> breakout player on offense and defense this year. Uh, so, so what are you guys thoughts? Who this year has really showed out offensively, defensively? We'll start with Chris. Who you got? Um, I mean, can you even say anyone other than Allen Robinson? Yeah. And I don't even want to say he's a breakout player because, I mean, we know Allen Robinson is capable of this. So um, to answer that question, maybe Anthony Miller based off these last couple games. I mean, I don't I don't even know. I mean, we haven't really had a breakout player. I, I honestly don't think so. Um, but, I mean, in terms of just who played the best or, you know, who popped off, I would say Allen Robinson, even though this was expected. And then, on defense, I mean, I, I think it has to be um, Nick Williams. I, I think he's been phenomenal this year. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if you guys want to count ha, Clinton Dix in terms of just expectations, um, because I think he exceeded expectations, at least for me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if ha, ha, Clinton Dix counts, I think he's he's that surefire answer for this question. I think that Allen Robinson was always a guy we knew could be a superstar number one type receiver. Um, it was just a matter of him getting healthy, getting back into a rhythm. So I don't really count that as a breakout. Um, as far as guys who exceeded expectations are guys who impacted the team in a positive way that you weren't expecting. JP Holtz, I mean, well, signed as signed from yeah. the Redskins practice squad, a guy who had zero expectations. He was a guy who you sign as just, all right, let's throw something against the wall and hope it sticks, has developed a little bit as a pass catcher over these last few weeks, was already really strong in pass protection and blocking games and blocking schemes. I like him as a, like, as a third-string tight end next year, fourth-string tight end uh, next year. I think he's earned a spot on this team. Um, so I really like him. And then superstar uh, developing on the defensive side, Roquan Smith, the way he broke out uh, in between – after coming back from that weird time away from the team, um, but clearly got right and got a, everything figured out because immediately started playing like an impact superstar middle linebacker, took control of the defense once Danny Trevathan went out, really didn't shy away from the spotlight, played like an absolute baller, superstar in the making. Roquan Smith is my breakout for the defense. A guy on offense that I'm going to pick – um, we kind of all expected him to be good, but because of, we've talked about this, the offensive line, his name doesn't get mentioned very much, but I just think David Montgomery has been excellent considering the offensive line. Like sometimes his wiggle, man, like all things considered. Yeah. The, the, the way that he's able to create more yards and he pushes through tackles. A lot of the times he's getting met before the, 
before the uh, line of scrimmage, and like you can't you can't get mad at a guy for not getting enough yards because of that. And what he's able to create, even though he's constantly being uh, pressured, is is pretty outstanding. Um, and then my standout guy um, is on defense is. Um, Pierre, Kevin, what's it? Oh, shoot, I just had Kevin, Kevin Pierre, Pierre Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Oh, Pierre my Louis. goodness. What a guy. Like, there's like, Louis. Uh, but, like, to to come, like, to be a third, fourth, fourth string, fourth, fourth yeah. string linebacker to come in and do what he's been doing is just out of this world. Like, I cannot believe how deep our inside linebacker core is. Um, and that's that's without I, – I brought him up on um, – Twitter, but that's without Iggy. I don't even know where his progression has come. Um, yeah. But Kevin Pierre, like he's worked his way up to what he is now, and uh, I don't even honestly I have zero clue where he even came from uh, before before this season. So uh, he's my standout. I think he might have been undrafted. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, it's 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 impressive. So. Good. Uh, I um I don't want to do individual because you guys already gave uh, a lot of insight on that. I just want to say biggest breakout player for the team. I'll go full team is Cordero Patterson, uh, Pro Bowl selection. Uh, I mean just the impact. I mean I've never seen a player have so much impact on a spe- uh, uh, as a gunner, uh, as a returner. It's quite unbelievable. Uh, um, never, so I'll go with Cordero Patterson. Him. No, I mean, well, okay, Devin Hester, right? <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about yeah. what Cordero Patterson does as a yeah, gunner. Yeah. I mean, I also... the guy who we, just lays I, okay, the okay. hammer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Speaking of laying the hammer, we didn't talk about this in the recap, but it must be brought up, that was the most outrageous, ridiculous call I've seen in my whole entire life. I don't think I've ever been more mad during, other than the BJ Raji pick six, like, 11 years ago. Yeah. I've never been more mad at a play than that. I mean, it's just... It, Dean and Blandino, the announcers, they said, you know, it was perfect form. There was nothing wrong. That that was a 14-point swing on that exact play. If the Bears had turned out to get a touchdown on the play, that would have – I mean, that's a game-deciding play that the refs made the uh, 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 the bad call on. I just – I want to throw that out there. I know you guys had to let something out on that. I know you have some thoughts about that play. Yeah, um, that – I mean, that's disgraceful. I, I – all the whole rep, the whole refereeing crew in that game should never ref a game again because honestly, <laughs> I mean, if you really mm. think about it, like all jokes aside, if you really think about it, I mean that potential, I mean that you could make the argument that caused the Bears mm-hmm. the game, mm-hmm. um, and there's and there's absolutely no way Cordero Patterson could have played that any better, um, avoiding um, you know helmet to helmet contact. He played that perfectly, and I mean yeah. you can't teach that any better. So um, I, I think it's ridiculous and. I think the NFL has to, um, I, I don't know, they need to hold refereeing, I, I don't know what the word is, tryouts maybe, just find new referees because <laughs> it's it's just disgraceful, honestly. No, what they that, need that, to do is the refs are some, part-time. They don't yeah. pay these, every other refereeing, umps, refs, whatever, they're all full-time. They have their own yeah. unions, they have their own whatever agency you want to call it, um, association. The NFL pays their refs part-time. These guys yeah. are teachers That's, and plumbers and yeah. garbage men like these guys <laughs> these aren't their day jobs so the nfl needs to commit to having actual refereeing and like a- actual officiating and then you these problems will go away yeah another yeah, thing that's, is that's there's point. just so many stinking rules like you, you you say you say like like oh they used to be so much better the refs used to be so much better but like no they had less to look for in a in a game like i can't believe how many times you see a flag 
thrown for nitpicking things and then all of a sudden something like this and you're like are you kidding me like yeah how do you miss that like i don't know like yeah yeah it's just yeah, uh, Kevin, I, I kind of wish you didn't bring that up because now I'm yeah. not even in the mood to yeah, talk I'm about Yeah, I'm infuriated. I apologize, but it, it had to be talked about. Had to be talked about. Absolutely uh, ridiculous. Uh, let's go back to the questions. Too. Yeah, no, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. It's a great pick because you're right. Uh, anytime uh, it's a, uh, a a kickoff, like we're kicking it off, like Cordell Patterson's always there to make the tackle almost every single time. He's just he's so fast, and then uh-huh. plus, like, he's so big – if he gets his, his hands on you, you're done. So, anyways, it was a great pick. I, I appreciate that pick. Yeah, it, it, it's just, I mean, well-deserved Pro Bowl uh, nod, I would say, for Cordero Patterson. All right, let's go back to the questions. Komarowski Dave asks, uh, what are we going to target in the draft, offense or defense? So, this is in draft as a whole. So, what other positions uh, do you guys see, you know, in, the, in these later rounds, maybe even with those second-round picks? We've addressed offensive line. We've addressed tight end. But there's more to that, I think, with this team. So, uh, if they don't go to any of these other positions in free agency, what should the Bears fill through the draft, again, other than really O-line and tight end? Um, you know, for me, I think it's got to be cornerback. Um, I think um, Prince is pretty much done. Uh, I kind of like what I've seen from from Tolliver, but, you know, there's got to be some competition. Um, And, yeah, I I think to me that this the answer to this question is is a no brainer. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think it's a cornerback as well. And I love Kyle Fuller, but I, I think he's on that line of cornerback, too verging like he's slowly moving back to the cornerback too and not because he's not good I think he's great before I get yelled at but uh I just I think we need a true and it's so rare to have this guy so this is just more wishing like that true like following cornerback who will literally just stick with the top guy because uh, Devonte Adams his touchdown was scored on Buster Screen and if we had a number one cornerback who could follow somebody, um, I don't, I don't think that happens. Yeah, I think also linebacker depth. I mean, yeah. you've seen how much you need it. I mean, how what the drop. I mean, uh, credit edge, to yeah. Pierre Louis and those guys for stepping in when stuff went down. But you still need depth. Like you can't be calling on these undrafted guys when injuries inevitably happen. So uh, just depth and you know, not off the defensive line, you know, linebackers, defensive backs, you just need depth there. Yeah. I'd probably go corner as my number one, because, you know, what we still have yet to see about Duke Shelley, uh, we'll find out really next year. I think he'll get a lot of time there. And I think I actually, I actually really liked what I saw from Tolliver, uh, on Sunday, especially with Amukamara dealing with that hamstring injury. He did not look good. He was a liability uh, on defense. So Tolliver is going to absolutely have to be, uh, the guy there, at least for these next two. Um, so I'm going cornerback there and, and again, inside linebacker and, and maybe even edge, right? Because of the whole Leonard Floyd issue. Uh, and, and with Aaron Lynch, I think not going to return. I'll, I'll do that. And, and let's go to one more question uh, before we wrap it up here. This one actually wasn't a tweet, uh, but it, this is one that I wanted to bring up. Um, so we'll say it, it, it's a question from Kev Charles 112. That's my Twitter handle because it's, it, it's my question, but Dan Trevathan was sent to IR. So this is not where you really ask the question. You know, he doesn't get two more ch- uh, games to prove himself. Like he really need to prove himself anyway but uh you know really before we enter the offseason final final really verdict here is Danny Trevathan especially from what we've seen from Gutowski and Kevin Pierre Lewis does 
Danny Trevathan return in 2020. Thoughts? Yes, yes, yes. For sure, for sure, yes. for sure. Okay. One billion percent. Well, well, okay. Uh, are you asking me if I think he will, or are you asking me if he should? If you think he will. He absolutely should. He deserves it. But when you consider, all factors are considered, you know, uh, uh, depth and salary and everything, is it, it, will it happen? Yes or no? Will it happen? Yes. I'm, I'm still going yes. Yes. I'm still going yes. Josh. Uh, it all depends on who's cheaper. So <laughs> I th- not that they're the same skill wise, but I think uh, we're spending a lot of money on defense and I think they're going to take that into account. Yeah, I mean the thing is about Danny Trevathan is this is I mean he's he's in a similar situation uh, as Hot Clint Dix in the sense that look he he knows that he is the anchor of that defense he knows that he is the veteran presence in the locker room he kind of he runs the team uh, to a sense um, so I think he's another guy who's gonna say look you know I'll, I'll take um you know a few less dollars I'll take a few less dollars in order to, to be back with this team and, and be with those guys so I think when you talk about cost that is not as much of an issue especially with a guy that's aging there he's not. Be, he knows he knows he's not worth that high end inside linebacker money anymore. Yeah, it's also just his leadership and like what he brings to the locker room is something that uh, is needed, especially after a season like this, a trying season where you're gonna have to bounce back next year. He's gonna be invaluable. His attitude is, and probably his play too. And yeah. shout out yep. shout out to Nick uh, Kukowski. The mm-hmm. dude, dude has been a beast. I just want to yep. throw that out there. Like he's been. Yep. I, I hope he gets paid somewhere. If he gets paid up to the level of play that he's played, I don't think he can be in Chicago. I think he would have to take a huge pay cut to be in Chicago. If, which it, yeah, he might. I just want to say, if the Bears had won that game against the Green Bay Packers, the one play that would stick out to me was the Nick Wittowski sack to get them out of field goal range, where he absolutely just said, Aaron Jones, I'm putting you on the ground. And he he, he really just pushed down Aaron Rodgers with one arm to push him out of field goal range. It gave the Bears a chance to go down and score an offense. And although it didn't happen, it was just, it was one of those plays where it was like, Oh my God! You know, like I I, I cannot yeah. believe in that situation the one thing you need to happen really just happened, and it was because Nick Kwiatkowski just made a flat out unbelievable play. Uh, so yeah, I mean yeah. he we talked about this last week. We said is it tangible for both of those guys to return? That being Nick Kwiatkowski and Danny Trevathan, and I I think I think it is because you know again less money for Danny, maybe a little bit more for Nick, but that depth is invaluable. You you need it, and these guys love the culture that's being built in Chicago, and they'll do anything to stay with that. Yep. Is that all we got? Yep. I think so. All right, that's all, we got for the, that's all we got for the mailbag, folks. <laughs> so, so, Jake, if you want to wrap it up. All right, let's wrap it up. Long episode today, but, you know, when you have the return of Josh Lyles, you just have to spend a little <laughs> extra time yeah. on the episode. But Absolutely. great episode today from us, in my opinion, for you. We bring out the A game, of course. But – a plus performance from you guys, the listeners, for putting in these questions, always coming out, always paying attention to what we're doing. So we appreciate that, and we appreciate you guys. So, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out with us. We'll see you next time, and bear down. Yeah, bear down.
Chicago. 